road to recovery. You might be cruising down it. A friend or family member lost on it. Or the road is, well, still under construction. Relevant Recovery Radio is about getting to that destination of normal health, mind, or strength. Now, Relevant Recovery Radio, here to give you the keys, Larry Weedy Kind. Welcome to Rel- Relevant Radio, uh, Recovery Radio, y'all. Uh, this is Larry Woodykine. I am your host, and uh, I am the Chief Executive Officer of Matthew's Hope Foundation. And uh, today we're going to be talking very seriously and, and in detail about interventions. As you know from listening to our show every week, uh, we have talked about the necessity for intervention for for uh, family members to be involved in with their loved one who is lost in addiction. doesn't matter whether it's alcoholism or cocaine, methamphetamine, uh, opioids, uh, could be sex addiction, it could be or porn addiction, it could be uh, an eating disorder, right? Mm -hmm. But when someone is lost in addiction, they want out. They typically do want out, but they don't know how to do it. Their brain, it's a disease, and their brain through this disease has been altered, uh, both chemically and otherwise. And uh, they typically don't eat right, obviously, even if it's Uh, not an eating disorder. They're not eating right. They're not exercising. They're not getting the right nutrition. They, They often feel abandoned by God, by their creator, right? Because the brain has been altered by the substance, whatever it may be. So, you know, Relevant Recovery Radio is all about solutions, helping everyone who listens to understand that there are solutions to this. Your loved one can recover, and your loved one can recover through abstinence. The loved one, if, if your loved one is addicted to an opioid, whether it be a pill, whether it be street heroin or fentanyl, or even if they are now going to a clinic, what we call a medication-assisted treatment clinic, where they're getting Suboxone or Methadone or Vivitrol or something like that, uh, they can actually recover without those chemical substitutes. They can do that, right? But So it's very important for you to understand that. But it all begins with identification of that addiction and then intervention. So this show is all about that, and we're very honored to have Robert Martinez with us today. Robert, say hi. Hello. Hello, everyone. Nice to be here. Yeah, so Robert has an amazing story, and um, I want you to hear it, because you're you're going to learn a lot from Robert. You may cry a little bit. I'm just warning you. This is an adult show today, (laughs) and uh, he's going to tell you what he has personally lived through. Uh, Robert also lost his son, as I did. But he lost his son one year ago, exactly today. Mm-hmm. His name is Ray Martinez, and uh, uh, Annette Martinez, who is not his spouse, not related, but they are dear friends. They just happen to have the same last name. So maybe they are related way back right. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere down the line, we're somewhere related. Down the line. Yeah, talk into the mic, uh, Annette, if you would. There you go. So somewhere yeah. down the line, we're related. And I'd like to mention Ray Martinez. Ray would have been 34 today. And uh, actually, his Ray, son. Yes, Ray yes. Martinez is Robert's son. He would have been 34 today. And um, so... Um, you know, it's just it's an honor to 
to be talking about him and to talking about and talking about interventions with the, his great dad Robert Martinez, yes. who yes. has um, gift of recovery. Robert's been in the field for a minute or two, <laughs> about thirty-five years, I think. Thirty-five and years. Wow. Yeah, he's been and. Um, he um, he's a newcomer, right? He's a newcomer, and so uh, we're just really excited to hear what he has to say about what he does, how he works with families. Um, he's a family advocate, most of all, and how he works with families and how he helps families save their loved ones through the process of interventions. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm going to just say something. Because this is the one-year anniversary, anniversary of Ray's passing, <clears throat> excuse me, from opioid addiction, we're not going to ask Robert to talk much about Ray today because it's just too fragile one year. I mean, I'm six years post-losing Matthew, and it's still fragile for me, right? Yes, so. We're going to ask Ray to focus on uh, the rest of his lovely family and, uh, and, and how intervention is best done, because Ray is a pro. 35 years of experience. So uh, anyway, Ray, tell us, tell us about your story. If you, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I said Ray. I'm That's so okay. sorry, Robert. That's okay. Your, your story, please. Yeah. Uh, Interventions? Interventions, please. (laughs) When did you get started? I'll just say this real quick. I got in the field years ago, several years ago, as they mentioned, because I was intervened on. Mm -hmm. And uh, it didn't work the first time. (laughs) But it did the second time around. Yeah. What are the the statistics on working the first time, anyway? It's very small. small. I I hate to even throw a number out there. Very very few people. Very few. It works the first time. But it happens. Yes. It, It does happen. But it's very few. So, uh, and I also lost two brothers when we were in our 20s from the disease of addiction. So, and after I lost them, I still continued my behavior. Mm. So I just knew I had to to change. I had to change. And your addiction was to alcohol? Yes. Yes. Alcohol, okay. drugs. Yeah, drugs. A little sure. bit of anything, everything. Multi-substance. So, but I just decided one day to start doing interventions and I read an article in the paper where they were getting certified to do these and I jumped on it mm. and I went and got my certification and I've How been old were you at that, at that point? Uh, well I'm 67 now so Oh you got me by one year maybe by like 35 35 about 35 yeah. years old 34 I was and, young and, and when did you start alcohol? Uh, 16 16 Yeah. So 17. you were with alcohol for 19, 20 years yeah. basically before you got sober Right yeah. How did you get sober? Intervention. Inter- intervention? Yeah. As a matter yeah. of fact, it from was your a family? Priest. It was a priest. From yeah, my a priest. Parents, oh, no. My parents got a priest from our Catholic church. That's the only way they Good were going to do them. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were like 30. I, I, was, I was an 30? adult. Yeah, I, I was in my You're, late 20s. Late 20s. Yeah. When the intervention occurred. Right. But it didn't work the first time. No. So what happened? Well, I, I thought it worked. I told him it worked. <laughs> of course you did. Of course you did. You know, I kind of learned. I kind of learned to stay away from people when I was using, but but at the end of the day, you get back into the into mm. it, and you yeah. just mm. you, it just takes over. Yeah, yeah. So there's no hiding it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, y'all. Uh, you're, this is just the beginning of an amazing story, and lots to learn. So stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Larry Wittekind, your host. 
Matthews Hope Foundation hosts this show, and we hope that this really helps you and your family. So, so uh, Robert, we were, you told us that the that you had an intervention. Your family called a priest, and the priest evidently was the intervener, but it didn't work. What happened there? Yeah, you come back to the same setting. The same group uh, of friends, the same family members, right. which we love them. We all love each other very much, yeah. but we're doing the same behaviors, hanging out at the same places. So we didn't have the education back then. And it is a family today. disease, and the, and the parents probably Absolutely. did not know anything about it. And that you probably should talk about that. Absolutely. And in, in treatment, we talk about going back to people, places, and things. And if we return, once we go to treatment, if we return to the same people, the same places, the same things, we're going to do the same behavior. So that's a little bit about what you're talking about. And I'm wondering, so was there a second intervention for you? There was, but let's go back to the first one. Also, what happens is that uh, we don't work the program. We don't get a sponsor. If we do get one, we'd keep them for a little bit. They ask us to do certain things for us to change, and we say we do them, but we don't do them. So just that alone, you have to change your whole lifestyle, Mm -hmm. and you have to work the program. You and, have to work the program. And that's very interesting to me because that is exactly what Matthew's Hope Foundation is all about. We make sure that every single client, after their intervention and they come to us, we make sure that they get good inpatient detox, they get ISS technology treatment to clear their brain, help them focus, get rid of fight or flight. That technology is amazing. Uh, and um, and then we make sure that they have a recovery support team that actually follows them for two years. Uh, Annette, let's Let's talk about that for a second, but then I want to find out, you know, which intervention worked and why did it work, you know? And so our recovery support team, correct, that we do, we follow clients for two years once um, they complete treatment and... um, which allows clients to learn how to live a sober life in with a sober support in a sober community. And it takes practice and it takes developing new relationships and new fun activities with sober support and uh, sober coaches and going to um, new events that may not include alcohol and drugs. And True. and so our recovery coaches and our support recovery support team, we worked with clients um, to learn how to live, live sober. It's easy to it's kind of easy to get sober in treatment. It's different to learn how to live sober because you do eventually go back to your own setting. So you've you've got to have a fundamental understanding of how to live sober and live happy sober. Yeah, that's part of what Matthew Soap does. So Robert, tell us how that happened for you. You have to work a program. At the end of the day, we're all going to go back to our loved ones every day because that's our family. That's who we know. That's who we love. And that's who we trust. They might not trust us too much anymore. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because of the things we've right. done. But that's who you love. So, you know, it got to the point where I was just tired of being tired. I was tired of doing things. I had more effort trying to find alcohol and drugs than I did anything else. It became a job. So I knew I had to change. So the family gave me a second opportunity. And what worked for me was, I honestly believe in the steps. Wholeheartedly. We do too, wholeheartedly, yes, wholeheartedly. And I believe you have to have a sponsor 
Yes. And you have to work the programs yes. over and over and over. And I also believe that you can be sober for five years and you need to work them steps again. All the time. Always. Yeah. And Annette, Annette, I mean, what Robert just said is so absolutely true in all cases. We see that every day. Why? Who is a sponsor and why, do, why, does, why does an addict need a sponsor to stay sober? So a sponsor, um, it can be defined several different ways, but how we talk about sponsorship at Matthew's Hope, it's somebody that has a period of sobriety who has worked most of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, who gives their time, its service, gives their time to help other people in recovery. that's do so the true. exact same thing. It's just giving it back. We believe in paying forward, and and so in doing having a a, a sponsor had a sponsor, and now is is giving back. Definitely, and and they give you assignments to do, mm. and you have to make meetings, and you have to just you start all over. You start life all over, and it's accountability, and, isn't it's it? It's accountability. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And a and a good sponsor, and I had two of them, great ones. They're both passed, and I think you knew both of them. Ron Tewksbury, I have to mention her name. Of course, and of course. Pool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I need to break. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You, know, you know, you get really close to your sponsors, don't you? Yes. And 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 what Robert was just saying is both of his sponsors have uh, passed, so that's very hard for Robert. I can absolutely understand that. So so what Annette was saying is, you know, without and and what Robert honestly is saying is without a sponsor as you go through the step program the 12-step program you're going to probably relapse because you do need that accountability partner but what we have found in the industry is even clients who go into a 30-day residential treatment program after detox um, if they're not getting a neurofeedback or neurostimulation program, they're probably going to relapse, and they're going to relapse even with a sponsor. So we have found that the recovery support team, in addition to the sponsor, actually does work. Right now, our sober rate is about 68% for 90 to 120 days, which is the most difficult period for sobriety. So we actually have hope that our care model including the sponsor that Robert talked about, Annette talked about, and the recovery support team, we believe that that will turn the industry upside down and people will actually stay sober through abstinence uh, the rest of their life. And and that really is the key. So, so Robert, um, yeah, so your story, so you did that second intervention work for you? Yes, it did, and I've wow. been up sober ever since. Yeah. But I'd like to also add to this, because I want people to hear this. You don't have to be an alcoholic or a drug addict to do the steps, mm-hmm. because the 12 steps will make you a better person. It, it, it really helps people become better individuals in life and making the right choices. And if you don't make a right choice, that's okay, because you're sober. So You're you the first person, you yeah. Robert. I want to commend you. Uh, you are the first person on this show. We've interviewed a lot of very astute, high-level professionals in the recovery industry. You're the first person to actually point that out. And I want to tell you something. Uh, I am. I have. I am not aware of ever being addicted to anything. I'm. Just, I, I'm just very fortunate. I'm blessed. I've never had to deal with addiction. But Jennifer. Jennifer O'Neill. Uh, has 
shown me the 12 steps, and I have read every step. Mm-hmm. I have not studied every step. I've studied a couple uh, that I felt like I needed. But what I found is exactly that. It has improved me in, in many ways. Right. It does. Yeah. And, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to mention, I had a brother-in-law. He, he passed away three or four years ago. Great guy. He's addicted to smoking tobacco. Mm-hmm. And he smoked a pack a day mm-hmm. and maybe a pack and a half. And he would light one cigarette with the other. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. my oldest sister's husband. Great guy. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to quit and wanted to quit and wanted to quit. And I said, you know what? Why don't you try something? He said, what? I said, why don't you try the 12 steps? And it worked. <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it worked. worked. That's so fabulous. That awesome. That's yeah, an amazing that story. Wow, that's an amazing so story. That's why I'm saying it, it just helps all aspects of life. It, it does. Every bit does. of it. So, Robert, I talk to families every day who who are suffering because of their loved ones or fear for their loved ones who who are dying. How it, how does it work? How does it, the the first call that that someone makes to an interventionist like yourself? How does it work? Can can you can you tell us about it? Definitely. They my name usually comes from either treatment centers or people that are in private practice. Um, folks, uh, we're gonna we're gonna come back to that question and that answer in just a minute. We're just gonna have a little commercial break. Thanks for staying with us. Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind, your host with Matthews Hope Foundation. And we're here with Annette Martinez and Robert Martinez. And we're talking about an intervention if you're just joining us. So Annette just asked a question. Annette, why don't you re-ask that question? So really interested in the, the family. The When they reach out to you, can you talk a little bit about um, you know, that first call? Sure, sure. The, the first, we call it the inquiry call because that's what they're doing. They get my name from somebody or someplace. Mm. And that first call is, in, to them, it's a crisis call. Mm. Usually when I get that phone call, I should have got it not six months ago, like three years ago. If it was just six months ago, it would be a lot easier. <laughs> but it, the pattern of the individual is getting worse and worse and worse. So what I do is I limit that call to 20 minutes. Okay. How do you do that? Yes, because I'm either on the phone. It's always on the phone. Right. I'm always driving. My <laughs> my car is my office. Right. And if I don't, they try to tell me the whole three year life uh, in right. twenty minutes. And, and you've got to do that do in it. person, don't you? You've yes. got to be in person. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so you, then, but you said something that I really want you to repeat because we talked about this last week and the week before. The earlier that the family. Makes that intervention call the better the for better. their loved one. The better. It's the never earlier, too the soon. Better. Never, too, never soon. too soon. And always there's family members that they can do this. Mm-hmm. They know how to fix it. And you know what? I don't say anything when I get those kind of calls because that's their loved ones. And they're doing what they think their, their heart's telling them to do. But they need professionals like Annette Martinez. They need professionals like Matthew Hope. 
Right. And and they need professionals like me that's been in yes, the field. They, as they, long as I yeah, have. yeah. They need somebody with thirty five yeah. years of experience yeah. like yourself, and who's been through it yourself. Exactly. Yes. I mean, you know, someone who is in recovery and who has been in recovery for a long time uh, is going to be. They're going to have wisdom. They're going to understand the disease. They're going to understand what the parents are going through. So, really, professionals are who you need if you have somebody. Yeah, in in you know in the depths of of addiction. Right. Yeah. So, after the first twenty minute call that could probably last for hours and hours, and you set a boundary around it for twenty minutes, then what happens? Then we set up a time to do an assessment. And uh, and before the pandemic, guys, we'd set up a time. They'd come into my office, or if they were from out of state, mm-hmm. we would do conference calls because we didn't know Zoom. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so you know if I had to travel out of state, I would uh, set up a meeting to meet them at least two days prior because we have to train. There's a lot of things that go on. You don't just say, hey, I need an intervention done on my son or daughter or my my wife or spouse, whoever. Can we do it tomorrow? No. You can't. <laughs> you have to meet Too with many the caller. Mistakes. You've got to meet with the yes. caller and the family first. So I set up an assessment yeah. and I tell them to come in and that's going to be any, at least an hour mm-hmm. because they're going to tell me everything. When it started, whose fault it was in their mind. You know, it's nobody's fault. It's a disease, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So we get that that assessment done. That is so important for the family to understand. It is a disease. Yes. I mean, I can drink alcohol, and I can have one one sip, or I can have one glass of wine, or I can have one shot of whiskey. I can have two shots of whiskey, and I can put it down and walk away. Right. I don't have that disease. Right, I don't have that brain or chemical makeup that that does that, but other people, like my son, did yes. with opioids. Now, opioids are very, very serious, of course. Yes, they are. Uh, I mean, most people with opioids are victims, but um, and that's a whole other uh, radio show that we've done previously. But but um, uh, you you do need to understand it does become a disease for your loved ones, and they can't help it, right? So they have to have professional intervention. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They, they do, and, but it takes, a, it takes time for the family members and the loved one to get to that point. It, it does indeed, yeah. Uh, DWI have to happen. Yeah, right. If they're a young adult and they're going to Texas A&M, mm. they get kicked out. Mom and dad find out two years later. Yeah. And it's not the professor's uh, fault at all, <laughs> or, or the kids around them, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, because because your disease. loved one, your right. son or daughter, will tell you, well, if this hadn't happened, yeah. I wouldn't be here. And, and yeah. you know, and I have to mention some one other thing because it's so important, and I don't want to forget in this segment. There's always an enabler. Hmm. Tell us about that person. What is an enabler? Robert Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> I am the biggest enabler in the world. And I was with my son. Mm, mm. I just, my sons weren't going to grow up to be like dad or their uncles or their cousins. And we're all loving people. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I love all my family. Great people. Be there for you at a drop of a hat. But they also enable you and they want to make you happy. And, and, and not so much, well, I want to just say this. Our culture, the Hispanic people, <laughs> white picket fence. Everything that goes on stays inside the house, and we go to church every Sunday, yes. and everything's cool. Yeah. 
Yes. All the other stuff, nobody knows about it. Nobody knows <laughs> but, about it. But by the time mom and dad and loved ones know about it, everybody knows about it. You know? well, I, I, listen, I'm here, I'm here to tell you, Robert Martinez, that, that is not just endemic to Latinos. Yeah. That's in the Caucasian culture. That, I think that's in every culture. You know why? Because yes. you're a parent. Yes. I, you, you know, I was a parent of Matthew Glenn Wiedekind, and of course I enabled him, mm-hmm. because I want to believe him. I want to believe that he's telling his father the truth that, no, I'm not using anymore. No, we Dad, believe, that's behind me. <laughs> what we believe what they tell us if what they're telling us is what we want to hear. <laughs> yes. Amen. It, amen. Yes. You know, amen. It makes it okay. So how in your <laughs> intervention so true, and your oh assessment, in your training with the families, how do, how, do, how do you bring that to the family? After the assessment part, mm-hmm. I get them to, if they want to move forward, because mm-hmm. some people say, well, I can do this on my own. Or if I do this, they're going to really be mad at me. So you know what? Let them be mad. Keep them alive. So let them be as angry as they want to get. That's right. I tell them that all That's the time. Right. That's right. But to answer your question, Annette, they, uh, we pick a treatment team. I need to know who the team is. No less than three, no more than eight. More than eight, it just gets mm. they, unwieldy. They, they quit hearing things after about the sixth person, you know. Mm. Uh, and mm. once I get that team, I interview each one of them. And if I like what they say, then they're, they're part of the team. <laughs> if I don't like what they say, I explain it to the family members that are, that are working with me and explain to them why I don't think they're appropriate, and then we decide. And if they still want them, that's okay, but I tell them everything that I think is going to happen in the process of the intervention. So who's on the team? Uh, parents. So if they're split up, both parents have to come together. Mm-hmm. As one chain mm-hmm. with one goal, and that's to get their sons or daughter help, or sisters or grandmas, aunts, anybody, mm-hmm. anybody. Uh, to and that's get sometimes help. difficult, isn't it? I, I, I did a, I was doing a phone intervention um, a couple of weeks ago with the mother and wife, uh, but they are uh, you know a broken family, so they're so, and she was having difficulty with her husband. Because her husband wants to believe his daughter's lies, but the mother has seen through those lies. And so, you know, it's difficult. I mean, what you do, Robert, is difficult because you've got to bring both parties together. Together, yes. Yeah. For the one common goal of saving their their child's life. And on the team, do you ever use supervisors or sponsors? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not saying they're not good to use, but I don't. Uh, I don't want nobody coming there twelve stepping them and doing all that stuff. We just want to talk about the disease, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I have used police officers in some cases, off-duty police officers, especially if they're un, under the influence of methamphetamines. It's definitely you they're know, standing that, right there that next helps. to me. <laughs> the fear, the fear of God, isn't it? It's yes. the fear of God, and you use yes. that for the benefit of intervention. Yes, right, have right, to. right. Have to. So yeah, uh, that's, that's right. But yeah, yeah the, you know, it's it, after you pick your team that that takes time. If you mm. want to do it right, you got one shot at this. Mm. You got one shot, right. and if it doesn't right. work, then you still have to work with the family. Mm. We've got to work with the enablers. You got you got to work with the the everybody in the family because they don't understand it to them it's it's horrible you know mm-hmm. but it's just, it's but it's also as simple as doing it 
getting it success. Ninety eight percent of interventions are successful. I want right. you to know you, that. You, yeah, you're actually getting that getting loved one into, into a program, treatment program. Into treatment program. Once the now that's interesting. Is, 98% of interventions are, are successful. successful. That yeah. doesn't mean they're easy. No, doesn't none mean of they're easy. easy. Right. Yeah, doesn't I've mean they're easy, easy, but they're, <laughs> but they're, but they're successful. Yes. So that, that gives hope to everyone. And, I, I, I didn't know that, so I just learned something. Yes. That's good. And really and truly, guys, y'all need to hear this. A successful intervention to me is just getting the, the – individual that we're intervening on to listen to what the loved ones have to say mm. and to really every, hear it yes and everybody there at the same time where the uh-huh. where the addict himself can't say he said she said yeah yeah those type right. of things right that oh that is so important have everybody in the room at the same time yes. And, and making sure that that loved one is listening yes. all right oh there's a lot more to this to this program don't go away we'll be right back Welcome back to Relevant Recovery Radio. This is Larry Wittekind, your host with Matthew's Hope Foundation. If you need to call us uh, to find an interventionist, the number is 844-263-4673. But if you'd like to call Robert Martinez after hearing him today, I'd like you to call him directly. Robert, what's your number? 281-850-4708. Say it again. 281-850-4708. Very good. Now, if you forget that, just call Matthew's Hope, and we will refer you to Robert. Okay, but uh, we have we have about ten minutes left on the program. We want we would like Robert to get right into uh, the rest of inter- intervention, how that happens. So, yeah. Okay, so we uh, we did the training. We did the training. So where we are now is the actual the day of the intervention or the intervention. Okay. Well, before that, we t- during the tra- I need to say this, okay? During the training, we talk about treatment centers. Oh, okay. Yes. The, yeah. Now, who's most available of, and who, most who you of the think treatments when they call me, they've already got a treatment center that they want to use or they got my name from a treatment center. Uh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, let's just say it's Matthew Hope. Sure. And I get I get that call and they say y'all gave him my number. We'll talk after we do the training, the assessment, the whole process, I make sure that that client is very appropriate for y'all center. Mm, yes. If course. I feel that it's not, I will call Annette or uh, the, the CEO, whoever, mm-hmm. and say, look, this is what I'm hearing from the family. Y'all might want to hear this and let me know if y'all think it's appropriate or not. Right. Because they might have a lot of mental issues or other stuff going on other than just a little mm-hmm. bit of alcohol or, or drugs. You know, the so. nice thing about Matthew Soap, I just want to mention, is uh, we're at St. Joseph Medical Center, as you know, and they have a psych hospital and a psych program. And so our patients can actually receive some mental health benefits and or drugs that they need right. and then go into the di- the addiction program. It's right. actually quite, quite amazing. Yeah. So, and, and, so, you know, so let's talk about after you've trained the family, yes. you've had that assessment, you've had the training, everybody's on the same page or you hope. Right. What, what happens then? But if I find something out that maybe they didn't mention to the people that referred them to me, uh, let's say this individual's a cutter. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that your facility can help that individual. So I want to speak to that, Robert, because I was on the receiving end at another agency in which you would refer to us 
Robert is a true advocate of the family and the individual. He is not an advocate of treatment centers. Uh, he supports treatment centers, but he, you do, and I, I used to love your calls, and then I used to hate your calls because you were going to grill me, right? You were going to grill me, and I knew that you were going to ask the tough questions that families don't know to ask. You asked the question. You wanted to know what we were going to do, how we were going to handle, how are we going to take care of these yes. clients. Yes. You didn't work for the treatment centers. You worked for the family and the clients. That's right. So, um, I can I can attest to that, and I appreciate that because when once I get the calls, I need to make sure that the place is appropriate because we got one shot at this, and I don't want anybody to go through what I've been through and Larry what you've been through right. with our own kids and family members that we lost because Joe down the road said this place is appropriate, so we put our family member there and it really wasn't, mm. and I learned that. Over the years, that's yeah. not something that I just and woke up one morning. And every treatment program is a bit different. Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I have to, I have to say that all treatment centers are great. If they're saving somebody's life at the end of the day, it's fantastic because we save somebody's life. Now, is there some that I like to use over others? Yes, of course there is, and it's because of the contact that I have with the people. Yeah. You know, because people refer to people. If Annette, if you don't mind, I'm going to like use you. <laughs> if you were, if you were in Florida and you were working at a center or opened up your own business, I would refer to Annette Martinez, right? Because course. I know because you know her, I know you trust her. her, I know what she's going to give these individual right. clients. Right. So it's not about that one's better than the other because they're all great. If you got good therapy and you're doing it under a tent, hey, and people are getting saved. Let's do it. It really does come down to people. Yes. In every problem, yes. yes. So can you address the actual intervention, Robert? Um, It's something important for families to understand how, you know, about the intervention. We all watch intervention on TV. Does it happen that way? No. (laughs) No, not at all. Uh, But, you know, once you did, again, let's go to the first call, the assessment, the training. Now you know what treatment center you're going to. When you get to the intervention, people say, well, what are we, how, what's going to happen? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm just like you guys. I don't know what's going to happen. But when we get there, I'm prepared for whatever does happen because mm-hmm. I've seen it all. Mm-hmm. I've done it all. You know, I'm, I'm an enabler. My son was in the attic. My uncles died of the disease. I know it all. <laughs> or I've seen it all. And you've seen it all. So yes. when the, whenever we walk in there, if they, and I always tell everybody else, we don't scream and yell. Mm-hmm. The people we're intervening on, they can do it all they want. And we just sit there and wait because they're going to get tired sooner or later. Absolutely. So, And when they get tired, we I'll, that's when I get involved and say, look, we just need 20 minutes of your time. Let them read the letters. We'll tell you how they want to help you, the only way they know how to help you. And if you agree, here we go. And what are the letters? The letters we talk about how much we love them, how much we care about them. But we have three paragraphs that are very hard because we talk about how you feel about their behavior, not you know how you feel about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's a healing process for the family because they're angry. They want to kick them. <laughs> they want to, you know, they want to not feed them. <laughs> but at the same time, they love them so much, they don't know what to do. So when they write these letters, they're very powerful. And, uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't care how sick you are. When you listen to them letters, you're going to shed a tear, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. 
So, yeah, that's and, right. And I've cried myself in interventions. Yes. I'm sitting oh, there listening to it. I can only imagine. It, the, oh, the pain of the family. Right. You know? The pain of the yes. family. That's so, why we said that it is a, it is a family disease. Yes. Yeah. So interventions work. They are powerful. They do get individuals to treatment and give family families hope. So do um, insurance companies pay for interventions? They will not pay for interventions. Those are self-paid through the individuals that, that hire us yes. to do that. Let's go back to the intervention part, sure. though. You know, I want I want also want everybody to hear that if they don't go to treatment that day, and the family members continue with the consequences that they laid out, mm. in a week or two they're in they're in a program. The but key, if we the don't key is the family our, must they must stick do what they say they're going to do to what they're going to do. And I tell yes. the families every time, over and over and over and over during the training, if you don't change your behavior about theirs. They're never going to change. Mm-hmm. So if and there's some risk involved in that, isn't there? Well, most of the risk is uh, for the people that we're intervening on, right. because that right. day their life's going to change. They're going to go get help, yes. and they're scared, and they're nervous, and they don't know if they can live being sober. Right, right. And they don't have a place to live no more. Daddy took the car keys. Oh yeah. Not paying insurance anymore. Yeah. Not give, not paying their apartment and their rent and their school. And so I did all the So these are no above. longer threats. Yes. These are actual consequences yes. that are going to happen. Yes, and they're not threats to be mean, but no, they're threats out of love. You yes. know, they, sometimes so you, you, you've heard this probably. The opposite of love is indifference. You know, when the family is intervening and spend this time, it's because they love their their family member. That's true. And and you, what you're doing is you're training them to understand. That enabling, continuing to enabling this bad behavior, this addictive behavior, is going to destroy their loved one. That's true. And, right, right. So, what you're what you're doing, Robert, is just so important. It 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 it, it is um, it it is the hardest thing to do, I believe. It is. It is, it is hard. Uh, and it takes a professional. So uh, it's just been it's been wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you. Really, really has, and and um, uh, our heart goes out to you. For Ray. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Grief is important. Uh, But it but it gets it does get easier as time goes on. Um, And, you know, for me with Matthew, I just miss him. Yes, you know, we wake but, up I, one day. but I know he's in a better place. I feel his presence uh, quite often. I know you feel Ray's presence mm-hmm. as well quite often. And now you're raising uh, a daughter and a granddaughter. And a yeah. granddaughter. <laughs> so, you know, and I love yeah. it. I yeah, love, love it. Yes, yes. And Robert's yes. number, if I could add Please, again, is 281. Yes. 281- Eight five zero four seven zero eight. That's two eight one eight five zero four seven zero eight. That's Robert Martinez at Gift of Recovery. Mm-hmm. Robert, thank, thank you. you again, and thank, thank you, you thank so you much. Thank you very much for having me. Y'all have a good week. Mm-hmm.